We are finding story of a past and now from South Australia. I am a storyteller from the sea to the outback, the southern ocean where the living sea dragon live, where the last sailing ship of the wind jammer sail along the Spencer Gulf, where the last sailing ship called in, and the landscape of the Fender Rangers of the Royal Hops and Sturt Dizzy Pea Flower of the Outback. This is Gavin Burner doing a Father Keith Burner Harvest Time. Uh, harvest Time, uh, we start with the, the, what was called a stripper. Uh, somewhere about the 1920s, a stripper had no knife but had a beater. The heads of the grain were passed between long metal fingers spaced about six millimetres apart. When pulled to the rear of the finger, the beater driven at speed hit the knife of the barley or wheat or oats and smashed it to pieces and blew it up onto a metal box from where it was drawn out a door at the rear of the machine to be put through a winnower, which blew the chaff husks out and retained the grain. First, Dad, to talk about the header of the 1920s. I know that was before your time, so I thought we'd add that to it, to this podcast. So what header did you start with? I, I left school at 13 years old to work on the farm. At harvest time, we had several horse teams. We used eight horses to pull the header. The header box held five bags of grain, so the heaps of bags were spaced around the paddock. After a paddock was wrapped, next, the bags of grain had to be sewn across the top We then had to load the bags onto a wagon that was pulled by six to eight horses. We used a horse to pull bags one at a time onto the wagon where they were stacked, 90 bags per load. Then we carted the wagon loads to Point Turton, a distance of 18 kilometres, leaving at 6am in the morning Taking two and a half, three hours each way, we returned at lunchtime. After lunch, we loaded again to go again tomorrow. The grain was stacked in large sheds during the year and was loaded onto catches to go to where it was sold. Okay, so you said um, about when you first left school. So what era were you talking about then? 1946. Uh, At age 13, I drove a header called an engine function. The machinery part was driven by an engine and the machine itself was pulled by four horses. In 1951, we changed to an auto header, all driven and propelled by its own motor. In 1954, 
we changed to a tractor-drawn, power-driven, power-take-off machine. This type of machine was used to 1989-90. How, how many bags per hour do they reap? Let's start with Geo 200, then International 8-1, and then the International 8-6. The Geo 200 header was capable of reaping about two, about 60 bags per hour. Um, the, in, the later header, which was a bigger capacity header, uh, that was capable of reaping about 80 bags an hour and the power takeoff off A86 International was capable of 90, even up to 120 under ideal conditions. Dad, you want to talk about the moving grain from wagon to when you got a truck to take the grain to the port? Our grain cartage in 1948, we changed from wagon cartage to a five-ton Ford truck. The same amount per load was carted. Loading was done with a new bag loading elevator. It was motor driven, pardon me, motor driven. We were able then to cart four loads per day. By 1956, the bulk handling of grain was being implemented. Firstly to Ardrossan, then to Giles Point. Later, a larger Bedford truck with a trailer, was bought and the load size was 13, 15 tonnes, one and a half hours. How many bags per hour do they whip with a header for today? GL case, um, international case, you've also got John Deere and and there are others around. Uh, They reap upwards to 400 bags or whatever that is in tonnage. Uh, so yes, they're a much bigger, faster, better machine uh, and it's amazing to ride on them and see what they put through. Okay, thank you very much for talking about your, the harvest time since you, the, since you first left school until today. So thank you, once again, thank you very much. This, this is Gavin Bernard signing off.